You know, sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. You know what I mean? Hello and welcome to Charlie Swan's Toxic Turn-Ons. Thank you so much for tuning in. Fear, desire, two experiences so central to the human condition. Watch any horror film and you can't deny the scary and the sexy intertwine with each other quite a bit. Today I sit down with a friend to chat about this intersection in one undeniably yet confusingly cute character, Donnie Darko. The erotic undertones of horror, teenhood nostalgia, and the seduction of tragedy. All that and more now. I have, so we've done on the podcast, we've done like, some movie characters we've done some book characters we've done like um kind of like fan fiction characters so like sort of a cross in between like draco malfoy who is a book character and a movie character but his character in fan fiction is different but i'm really excited to talk about like this sort of archetype that you are into because we've never done anything like it and it's the first time I've kind of heard, like not the first time I've heard of it, but like of the group of people I've been talking to, like it's been kind of sometimes similar areas of attraction. Um, and this is new. I don't really know what to call it. I guess like the horror boy. It's not really a final boy because there's only one boy. We talk about the final girl, this like virginal, gorgeous uh, like girl that just gets chased around the whole movie and there's something very erotic to that for men but we're not talking about like what what's everybody else feeling it's like and they also go it seems to the efforts to make this character very beautiful exactly like that's like that's so funny to me that like and like like you said we were talking what was it hellraiser you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're like, what is it? Like, this very, very hot male character here that is, like, a psychopath. Like, what? Like, why, why do, do you... Exactly. Why do we want that? Why do we crave that, like, weird, violent guy who, like, clearly is bad for you, you know? Yeah, but it's, like, it's it's so funny, though, because it's, like, they wouldn't have gone through the effort to sexualize the character if they didn't know that it was gonna work. Cause like, that's really all, exactly. all film, all TV. Like if they can sexualize a character, they will because it will keep people watching like sex sells. So like clearly like whoever's making these horror films is like, you know what girls love? <laughs> they abs. love a sociopath with abs. I mean, Christian Bale, American Psycho. That's like a super famous one. Like he is, Again, perfect, clean, abs in your face, and he's chopping people up. Like, again, I don't know what it is that, you know, and girls always say, like, oh, I'm going to find my, you know, Jason Bateman or whatever. And you're like, why? Why would you? <laughs> like, clearly, this is a scary movie. This is supposed to scare you. And here you are saying, I'm going to find him. Like, I don't know. It goes back to that idea of, like, I'm going to fix him, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I do think that's like, so you like mentioned, I know that Donnie Darko, I'd never watched Donnie Darko before. Um, and I know that one, boys love this movie. Boys love this movie, like very het mask boys love this movie. 
Um, and like, I when I was watching it, I was like, I sort of see that a young man could see himself in this character, like in a way that I think is very realistic. Like me and my roommate were watching it last night. We were like, why was why is this sort of every boy I went to high school with? Like he's very sort of confused and listless and obviously Donnie Darko is an extreme but like at his core he is a very realistic character um and like god we were watching this and we were like what is wrong with me like I would let this boy ruin my life exactly and he is very clearly tormented in the movie like He's struggling and he's like the confusion of the movie is also really well played. Like you kind of don't know what's going on and he clearly doesn't know what's going on. So it like mimics each other really well. And like being confused with him makes you feel closer to him as well. Mm. So you're like, oh, like I love him. Like he's cute, even though he's going through this like traumatic like scene. The whole movie is like a traumatic scene for him. Um, and you're still like, let me bring him close, which is such a weird thing to me. But it does work for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, why? Like, it's almost like I seek these movies out, kind of. Mm. Obviously, I mean, I love horror. But, like, for example, I don't know, a movie like Rosemary's Baby, where it's about a girl. You know, it's about Mia, and she has, you know, the baby, and it's a cult and all that. Um, like, I, I don't rewatch it. Like I rewatch, you know, American Psycho or Amityville. And I'm wondering if it's because I'm so attracted to the male characters. And um, so that's that's what's so interesting to me. Yeah, because there's nothing really there is something like very sexual to the those movies that you're talking about. Like American Psycho, like one of these I mean it's also American Psycho is written by a woman, but like it's um there is this very like sort of sexual erotic undertone to like his like murdery feelings. Yeah. Like he uh, like he does murder that girl that he has sex with. Like he murders women he has sex with, right? <laughs> so but like Rosemary's baby, it like the horror doesn't have like an eroticism to it. It's very right. just this is meant to be scary and it's meant to get you thinking about things that are scary. I think that like sort of intersection though of like being scared and like sort of turned on is like a really interesting intersection because Donnie Darko is scary. That like look he gets with his brow ridge and the shadows when he's staring at Frank or whatever, the bunny man, like there is something both terrifying and a little sexual to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah, um, you get it. <laughs> like why, like why, I don't know, like is there another reason behind that that like you seek out the the terror also in them you know like nightmare on elm street johnny depp he's also gonna get murdered he's also running scared like they're they're portrayed like in you know nightmare on elm johnny depp is like the football guy and he's like you know hot and he's you know the guy you want and then he just also gets flashed up so is there also something to watching them die that is like part of it as well you know that's so interesting because you did say it's like I think it, it's like the sympathy you have for this character you said around like Donnie Darko you're like well like I just you're watching him go through this really traumatic like experience and he's very emotionally expressive and torn up the whole time 
um, in a way that like I'm not sure you always get to see male characters like they don't really have these super deep emotional arcs so like I do you think that's something to it is like getting to watch this sort of like male character in this extreme place of vulnerability yeah I mean I think that also mirrors why they like those really hot girls to be in those vulnerable situations like guys really like that the element of like power Mm. is also there and like imbalanced in horror movies because you have this like main scary guy who's going to kill you and you know he's gonna like you know all the characters are gonna die there's always gonna be one left or something so like watching these hot guys and you know they're gonna die there's like something to that there's like I don't know like they come and go almost like I don't know how to explain that they are sort of ephemeral like they're yeah like it's you watch this character going through this like sort of vulnerable journey this male character going through this vulnerable journey and you're like I know that like sort of their time is fleeting do you love just like horror as a genre yeah definitely I I probably consume it like mostly in movies but like I love American Horror Story and like those types of of shows so definitely I, I would say that um that's probably my favorite <laughs> genre of movie. That's so cool. What do you think that you like love about the genre? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's so complicated to try to express what we're scared of, you know, um, like the Babadook is super famous. It's like the guy with the hat in your closet. Um, like that's such a guttural reaction for a lot of us, like whether you we're scared of the monster in your closet when you were little or not. That's why it was so scary. Um, so to me, like finding those points of like how we as a society get scared is interesting. Um, so like the exorcist, everybody was like terrified of the devil and um, it was like a, a cultural phenomenon, you know? Um, and then again with like paranormal activity, which was like more our age, that those warnings were coming out that people were like passing out in the theater and stuff like that. Like, why are we so attracted to that is also the reason why I think I like to consume it so much. That's interesting. It's like, there's something emotionally illuminating about like just participating in the genre to you. I think, yeah. I, I really think that stands out to me. I think that like, one of, I don't remember which episode, I think I just recorded an episode that's not live yet, but I was sort of talking about how like, um, with someone, I think we're talking about House of the Dragon, I don't know if you watch, but um, we were sort of talking about how like, um, being with someone who is like extremely emotionally volatile, or like going through like, emotional turmoil, especially men, it can feel like, really attractive and really seductive and really erotic sometimes because it's like to be with someone like that forces you to get vulnerable really fast like you just to be near them you have to know like what they've been through and what they're going through and what they're feeling so like there's something about that intense connection that intense like emotional vulnerability that is like both dangerous and a huge turn on <laughs> Yeah, and it's like another level of intimacy that like you're getting to see this side of them and like in a way it's going to make you also show them that side of you. Um, I don't know. I feel like also people aren't really willing, aren't as willing to admit what they're scared of. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just go watch these movies and suddenly they're like, I hate bugs or I hate 
ghosts or I hate whatever. And um, sometimes you don't know until you're there, literally in the middle of whatever movie you're watching, you know? Right. It is really hard to encounter, like, especially in like, I feel like most modern society these days, like you in your everyday life might not encounter like what you're scared of. You might not even know. So like, you're so right. Like these movies sort of like, generate and manufacture an experience that like you might never have and that's sort of the new is seductive I think for a lot of people the unknown is really seductive so there's a lot of elements to like why this boy that they always make very attractive Jake Gyllenhaal's a beautiful young man yes he is (laughs) yes he is they like always make him really attractive and then there's like these really intense emotional elements around it and I feel like it really just goes straight to like 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 attraction exactly like in like it you're drawn in by this really hot guy and then through the movie they show you that like he's complex and you want to be part of that like you want to like get in the dark with him if that makes sense like you're under the covers together or something that's so true do you i think it's something you said was really interesting like um you don't often like get to that place of emotional vulnerability with a person like really quickly um do you like 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 watching horror movies with like the people you date or like do you like like people who also like horror you know that's so funny uh I feel like with people that I date I never like it's never the first thing like I'm never like oh let's watch you know I don't know House of Wax or something that that's like one of my cult classics that I absolutely adore um I don't know. I don't really know why. I think my go-to is like, oh, let's watch, I don't know, like BoJack Horseman or like, I don't know, adult animation is like such a safe bet with like dates and and people that you're seeing. Um, Horror movies, I feel like are more like I watch them with like my sister or like um, my like really good friends will have like a party to watch it specifically. Um, And other than that, I feel like I watch them alone, Uh, which is really interesting because I feel like a lot of people are like, I would never watch them alone. I get so scared. And I just, I'd rather watch them alone. So maybe we are hitting something about that, like, vulnerability um, that I'm like, I don't want anyone else to see that I'm scared or something. I love that, though. I mean, it, it might, maybe it's that. Maybe it's like, oh, I this is a really vulnerable mental space for me to be in. So I'm not sure that, like, I want to be in that space with another person. But at the same time, I think there's sort of a flip side to that where it's like, I think that, um, this is something I see in romance novels a lot. And this is something I think that fuels romance novels a lot is like, it's such a private space to like, sort of analyze your own like sexual attraction and preference and emotional life. Like nobody, you could be doing it on the subway. Nobody knows what you're doing. So like, I also sort of hear you saying like, I really like to do it alone or with people, other, other women or people I'm really close to. I feel like, it's that in itself could maybe be like a processing space where you're like, why do I like this? Like, why yeah. am I afraid of this? Definitely. Yeah, totally. Like why? I mean, it's, it's true. Like, why would I want to seek out these dangerous boys? But at the same time, I'm like, can't get enough. Mm. In real life. Do you like a dangerous boy? <laughs> I think that for a long time I did like try to date the bad boy. Um, they were always so short-lived and then like my long relationships that like I've actually 
been devoted to and stuff they've always been like really nerdy and like really quiet and like totally the opposite so I think that part of me will always want that bad boy you know slasher type um and that's what kind of like is the erotics and like sensations and all that and then like for intimacy and like vulnerability and like feelings and stuff I go for the total opposite um so who I have no idea <laughs> sometimes fiction is just fiction like sometimes fantasy and fiction just just fiction and like it enriches your love life and your sex life but that doesn't necessarily mean it informs it like and I see I see you know people and I talk to people on both sides they're like yeah I want this thing desperately and I chase it in my real life and then I see people on the other side of the fence where they're like I love this thing but like it's okay for it to just be fiction for me yeah I mean of course I don't think that anyone would actually want to be in a relationship with Patrick Bateman when you know that he's like emotionally cold and he's like doesn't care about you at all and you know is probably killing people on the side so nobody actually wants that but there's something about the cool like guy persona that he puts on that you are like kind of chasing for that like clean cut reserved quiet like strong kind of character yeah, I mean, I think that Patrick Bateman is really, like, a caricature of male dominance, like, fiction and being drawn to certain fantasies, like, I think is always worth analyzing. Um, but, like, there is a huge group of of people who find Patrick Bateman really seductive and attractive, and... Uh, um, and then there's a group of people who are like, I watch that movie and I yak. I'm not attracted to that guy at all. Um, but... I think that like also fantasy is about extremes sometimes and like Patrick Bateman like when you go on a date with him he takes care of everything and he's very sort of like so dominant he's kind of emotionally distant and like you know he's that caricature of like a powerful businessman and like that in and of itself is making fun of something um but yeah like you do want to touch it you're like mm -hmm. Exactly. Get close to it as close as possible without it like biting you, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's like that interwoven like place of danger and like sexiness and I think I that mean, yeah, exactly. Darko... you can you can even say that about Fifty Shades of Grey, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted that that overpowered, you know, kind of man, that feeling of, of him controlling you was so sexy you know and it's like why do we crave that like almost violence to ourselves <laughs> that makes no sense um yeah so it's, it's super interesting I think I it makes so much sense to me because most romance novels that I read and like heartthrobs that you see written in film and tv I think that like a lot of times they are sort of an extreme situation of male dominance and masculinity, uh, which usually translates to violence. We associate violence with masculinity, like just as a society we do and always have. Um, but like, I think there's something about like women. I think that women who date like men, you know, like het cis women who date het cis men like are tired like, they're just tired of, like, the shit they put up with and the emotional labor 
and like they just the fantasy that they can be sexually like satisfied and in a relationship without having to do any emotional or sexual heavy lifting is like that's a really hot fantasy I don't even I don't even know how to put it into words really um the 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 real like lust it's almost like primal you know Mm -hmm. and and like women to to want that that heavy male dominance um and I think that a lot of times we reject it and then when we finally give in we're disappointed with like the outcome um Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so hard to reconcile like wanting that like male dominance right close to you because it provides yeah. one thing in fiction, but then in real life, it provides another. Like Exactly. Because uh, I think what we're looking for, or at least what I am speaking for sort of women as a whole, uh, which I'm not sure is fair to do, but whatever. Um, <laughs> like, I think what we're looking for is like, again, it's like we're looking for this gap that like is coming from a place of being wronged or not getting needs met so like when we turn to fantasy we're looking for one thing but in real life like that type of character is the exact type of character who's not going to fulfill the needs you're looking for exactly because in in these horror movies a lot of the time the girls are running to these hot guys for protection you know they're running with them from the scary guy like as long as i have you we're going to be okay. And there's those scenes like under the bed or like behind a tree where they're looking at each other. Like as long as we're together, baby, like who cares if the slasher is going to get us. And then boom, you just watch his head chopped off because that's almost mimics exactly what it would be like to yeah. be with that guy in real life. Like he's, he doesn't exist, you know, like that, that was gone. It was here and it's gone. Yeah. That's so funny. And I like, that's the situation in Donnie Darko. He's dating, Jenna Malone and like she's very she's very like um she she's looking for protection you know she's in this very dangerous situation from this character we don't this male character we don't see her stepfather like she really is a damsel and she's in distress and she's constantly turning to Donnie for like that protection and that love and you're a a small part of you is like this is hot but this guy is the problem Mm mm-hmm exactly (laughs) he's so cute though and like that's the lizard brain you're watching it and you're like i know he's the problem and i know he's probably gonna kill someone but like he is so cute and you just want to keep watching you like kind of just want to keep like the 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 scenes like before he really loses it like you you you're almost rooting for him to go the other way you know to like Mm -hmm. come back out and like be with her you know um so that's also like hopeless romantic kind of feels that are always always in these movies that like secretly you want them all to live like secretly you want them to end up together and happily ever after but you also know that that's impossible because of the specific scenario that we've put them in um so that's that's also interesting to me Right, like you know they're gonna die. It's it's the Romeo and Juliet thing. It's like I know this is gonna end bad. It's like the traditional tragedy. Like I know it's gonna end bad, and I I just want to exist in this place of wanting this thing. I know I'm not gonna get. Exactly. 
Exactly. And and that that that's kind of like the whole lead up to most horror movies is like a tease. Like this is what could have been and here they are, you know, just killing everybody at the end. Um it's it's like really metaphorical <laughs> at the end of yeah. the day. And also I'm like we're talking about this and I'm like I get scared really easily. So like I generally just skirt away from horror films. I like older, like almost cheesy stuff like Suspiria. Yeah. Um, but I can't really do any of the modern stuff because I feel like they are just it's like somehow they have figured out the perfect formula to like make it so you don't sleep for a month. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about all these elements and I just watched Donnie Darko last night and it is a scary movie. At times you're really like, oh, like what's going to happen? Um, but like it is this like very specific place of like wish fulfillment and denial fear and attraction and it's like all of these like opposing forces and like opposing emotions are existing in you at once and you're like why do I like this exactly it's 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 a mix of like don't go in there and then also like that girl's boobs are out (laughs) and then also like I'm scared of this monster that's literally chasing me um so it's 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 a very unique like place to be (laughs) it's so true and it's it's really only something that the genre of horror provides like you know romance doesn't provide this thriller doesn't provide this like this is specifically scary movies yeah and you could even go back to like dracula like super hot girl wanting to be bitten by dracula because she thought he was hot and it's like why dracula is horrible killing people you know like that's like the oldest you know scary villain guy story and there's still that lust aspect to him um so it's like been around forever like we've always wanted this (laughs) i know it's so funny it is something primal it's something that just exists it's like even more primal i think than like the desire of male dominance like i think that that's something that's much more complicated than just this extremely human thing that we get when we watch like this horror like sex like everything all mixed together the horror and the sex um and it is sort of like people do talk about like the a lot there's a lot of discourse and maybe there's discourse around sort of horror boys too but there's so much discourse around like the final girl and the sexy virgin and the slasher like you know girl um there's tons of discourse around that um and i'm sure that's something primal for men too like uh it's a little i like i think that like that desire just makes so much sense within like the sort of confines of patriarchal attraction that like most media exists in it's like oh she's tiny and and she's naked and she's gonna get killed yeah (laughs) like that makes sense to me um so it's like interesting to talk about the flip side of the coin to me a lot um I also think that like these boys are they're boys they're almost always boys they're very young Mm mm-hmm always I mean, in Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp is literally, like, a junior in high school or something. Right. Donnie Darko is, like, 16. Like, that's... I mean, the the actors playing them are not. However, Jake Gyllenhaal is 21 when that movie is is shot, and he looks looks like he could pass as 16. He looks like a lot of the boys I went to high school with. 
And watching it as an adult was so interesting. I also went to Catholic school and our brother's school, they wear uniforms that whole time in Donnie Darko. Um, And there's like, I, he looked exactly like all of the boys that I went to like to, to my brother's school. I don't know if you had uniforms in school, but. I had them only in like elementary school and then in high school I didn't he looked exactly like every boy I went to high school with. And I was like, there's almost like um, like a wish fulfillment thing that I'm never going to receive. I'll never be able to be a teenager again. Um, and like, I, <laughs> the boys weren't really lining up when I was a teenager. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was a dork. Um, I was like very sort of like weird and hostile. And um, so like, I didn't have a lot of, you know, I wasn't Jenna Malone. I wasn't this like, pale delicate girl with this perfect long brown hair um and so it's almost like I'm getting to watch something and participate in something that I'll never get like being picked by this very beautiful young man who is also very tragic yeah exactly and most of the situations in like the premises the leading up in these horror movies is like oh I'm finally gonna go to a concert with the guy that I've been wanting to go with for three years and it's finally going to happen for me and I'm going to fall in love and she died, you know, um, or like, you know, having that perfect boyfriend in Nightmare on Elm or um, it's always like really idyllic situations in the beginning that you watch crumble. Um, and I think there's also an aspect of that that adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you you kind of know that your hopes are gonna be crushed if that makes sense yeah like going through the roller coaster with the character yeah that's so true it's like the the tragedy and like the um like the denial like because like I said I was like I'm getting to watch this thing that I will never have and I never did have and also like they're not going to have it either they both die by the end of the movie and it's it's sort of like mimics I think like a personal path with your wounds is like watching like this thing you really want to happen for these fictional people and then it doesn't happen and you're like that sort of touches something very very real and at the end of the movie the monster always lives like mm-hmm. the thing that was killing everything is the thing that is going to continue living so what you were scared of that thing is still kind of hanging in the air and that's like kind of what you were saying about like you can't sleep for a month because everything else like all your hopes and dreams and this beautiful boy was crushed and what's left is the scary monster so you're like it it like mimics that thing of of you know you really want Patrick Bateman but what's in real life is the monster version you know yeah and in that last vignette of the movie is when they really go off the rails like it's for most of the movie um they're not really like you know like donnie it's like a build-up it's like donnie Mm -hmm. darko is like kind of normal but sad in the beginning and then like it just slowly builds to like a pressure point and then that last vignette is when like they really go full monster and you're right like that lives on i mean he dies but like you know, that is the thing that that keeps going is like he ends up a monster. He doesn't ever get to stay that like young boy. I also think that like there's really something to he's like me and my roommate were watching it and we were talking and she was like, he's so 
like masculine like not not in like oh he's big and strong and tough because he's not like that at all but there's just something that you watch him and you're like that is a boy like that is so boyish and that's so yeah cute. like I don't know like um like when you're little and you're like boys have cooties or whatever like that's the first time that you're like really making that distinction of like you're very different from me and my feelings for you are weird so like please go over there, right? Um, and I think that there's a weird aspect of that in these horror guys, because you're like, I'm not understanding why I like you. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to put you over here. But at the same time, I'm going to like, peek, you know? Yeah, it's the it's that like, otherness, that like, differentness. Um, that is so interesting. And all horror boys have it. Like, you know, you talked about Johnny Depp, you talked about Chris Hemsworth and Cabin in the Woods. Like, all of these, like, very, very beautiful horror boys, they have this very, like, sort of youthful, boyish energy. They're always drinking, and they're always, like, roughhousing in these movies. Like, the boys are always, like, very boyish. Like, not not manly, like, boyish. Boyish, yeah. They're, even, like, Patrick Bateman, he's trying so hard to put on this thing of being a man but he is boyish like he gets in that stupid uh business card like cock fight yeah. with the other guys that he works with and it's like that's so boyish like rising to that like occasion of a fight is so boyish like i think that there's just something i well i i understand what it is for me it's like i want and so much of the horror movies have to do with high school uh like high school politics sort of I, when I was in high school, I was a dork. I also went to an all-girls Catholic high school. So any interaction I had with boys was either supervised by nuns or just like very orchestrated because like we had to get the boys to come to a place and the girls come to a place. So like I never got to have like this traditional sort of like high school romance or, or like, you know, I always say like, I didn't get to have young love. I got to have a Madonna whore complex. like. (laughs) (laughs) um and like that is something I will have always missed out on so I'm curious like did you like do you watch these movies and like see a mirror of your high school experience or like being a young girl or do you watch it and see something that like you wish you could have had I think it was a mix of both I went to I went to like a really poor school and we were kind of small and I was just really, really smart all the time. And it made boys intimidated of me. Mm. But there was always like one that would stick out and like be like, well, I'm not scared of you kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And we'd always hit it off, you know. But it was hard for me. Like I never felt desired. I never felt like I was the hot one or anything. Like I always felt like like no, like no one asked me to prom kind of deal. Like literally no one even thought about it because... I, I like I was unapproachable kind of mm-hmm. and so in a way I think I do watch them with that like hopeless kind of feeling of I won't get to have that you know like my parents are also really strict so I'm never gonna camp in the woods with my friends at 16 or you know anything like that um so there is this like wistfulness kind of of like mm-hmm. I wish that I could have um but then they die you know, they're yeah. in horrible situations. So a part of you feels that like almost relief that mm-hmm. you never did it, you know, like yeah. that could have happened to me or whatever. Like maybe it was better that I wasn't in that situation. So it's like a mix of like envy, like I wanted that so bad and now you're dead. So like 
and a bunch of old school horror movies kind of revolve around that theme of like teenagers go do bad things and then they die it's this like it's this wistfulness it's this sort of nostalgia for this experience you didn't get to have and and something I know I wanted so badly yeah, all yeah like tied up like oh this beautiful boy but he's kind of fucked up because all teenage girls are a little fucked up too like I see my fucked up in this and him and he sees his fucked up in this and me and we're gonna have sex and it's it's like all of this like emotional extremity that you want when you're a teenager but then as an adult you get to watch it go left for these teenagers <laughs> yeah youth is such a big part I feel like of horror films it's like you know this because there is like a there's um there's a vulnerability and there's to youth you know like the, you know these characters can't protect themselves and it's like Exactly. And I think that also adds to the tragedy aspect of it mm -hmm. as well. Like they're so young, like they have their whole lives ahead of them. Like that's so optimistic in the beginning and they die. Like, you know, they're going to die. Like it, it, it's, it's interesting that we want to be let down like that. Yeah, we do. And I think that you wouldn't expect a horror film, or I wouldn't. I, I, that's not the first thing I think about when I think about horror films. You wouldn't expect horror to have this like really concentrated, um, like romance of you know life and death and like wanting and not getting and and sort of trauma and survival. Like all of this dichotomy really does just touch this really like primal place and then all of a sudden you're like why do i want to fuck this serial killer <laughs> exactly there's there's such a fascination especially now with like girls and like dressing up like freddy cougar and like wanting to fuck michael myers and like all this stuff which for me was strange because i never wanted to literally fuck like freddy or anything like that mm -hmm. it was always about you know johnny depp for me like he was running from you know, Freddie, which like, I don't know. Um, so like why, like, I, I think it's interesting, like why girls have like switched it now. Like, cause mm -hmm. I think in the beginning you were supposed to like Johnny Depp and, you know, and you were supposed to like Chris Hemsworth and stuff. And now they're going for the literal monster that they'd rather fuck. And I'm like, are we getting more fucked up or <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what's happening there? Probably. I don't think it's our fault, but probably. I also think there's something interesting to that to me. I A big part of this podcast that a lot of guests have said, though, is that like every time someone's like, this is this really fucked up thing that I think is fucked up that I like, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> because I think that that's where, like when you can admit that and have that conversation with another person, like, I think that that's where it gets real good. Like that's where romance and sex and sexuality like gets really good when you can admit these things that feel sort of weird or shameful. Um, but I sort of see like a power reversal there. Like the girls want to be the monster or they want to conquer the monster sexually. Like I, I get that. Monster romance is actually like a huge um, like uh, emerging genre right yeah, now. Yeah, that that's so true. I had never thought of it that way. Um, I was going more the fear angle, like, like conquering your own fears kind of deal. 
It's probably a little bit of all of it, but I think it's I think it's cool, and I I like talking about it. Um, yeah, I I really like talking about it. I also think that like there's a forced emotionality from these boys that are gonna die. Like they're being put in these situations where they have to be extremely emotional, and that's not really something you get to see in the masculine condition a lot. Is like an extreme expression of emotion, and sex is tied into that because they're like. We're going to, because with Donnie Darko, he's like, we're going to die. Let's have sex. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's an urgency to mm-hmm. all of it that like, he's coming, he's coming. So like, we have to keep running and they're sweating and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, like, you, like you're running with them. That makes, it makes so much sense to me now. It really does. Um, thank you so much for one bringing this concept to me two like really getting into it it's the perfect halloween episode yeah (laughs) thank you so much for listening to charlie swan's toxic turn-ons tune in next week for a real can of worms damon targaryen from house of the dragon for extended show notes that include reading watching and listening recommendations as well as a related journal prompt subscribe to my substack below